You're listening to Charge, a CCS podcast. Hey, welcome, y'all. You're listening to the Charge podcast. Thanks for jumping on. Uh, my name is Chad Dirksy. I'm the president at Chattanooga Christian School. Um, today, we're gonna we're gonna talk some with three other folks. And before we get going, I'm gonna have them introduce themselves. So. Let's start across the table for me. Yeah, I'm Jake Palumbo. I'm the new high school principal here at CCS. I'm Sarah Drexler. I am the dean of students in the high school. I'm Jim Arnold, and I'm the middle school principal. Well, I appreciate you all being here uh, today. And, and just so you all know, when we, when we record these podcasts, we do these in one take. So there's a little bit of nervousness that goes around the room uh, every time we do this. And particularly when we can get to conversations that can be a little bit more complex, um, where where specific and precise language is important, but we're doing this extemporaneously. Uh, But we want to talk a bit about kind of the beginnings of the school year um, and the things that we do as a community to prepare for community life. So when upper school students walk back on campus, Um, What are the types of things that we do to set them up for a very positive experience where they can thrive, recognizing that we have 900-ish 6th through 12th graders? So if maybe we could start by particularly Jake and Jim, because you've addressed uh, students today, um, if we could kind of go around the room and address what it is that we how do we talk to students in assemblies to start the year to set a good tone for the beginning of the year? Yeah, we had uh, an assembly on the first day and uh, it was really about welcoming the students back and um, just sharing with them how grateful we are to have them in the middle school community. And uh, we talked a lot about how God's assembled this team, this group together, including their teachers, their peers, um, as a former coach, I get really excited about just who, who's my team this year. Uh, when you don't know who those kids are, they're moving in, and every year it was kind of fun to see who God had placed with us. And so we talked a lot about that, you know, introductions of our new folks, uh, new students, and, uh, and then really spent a lot of time just on community, on how we can love one another, uh, how we can care well for one another, and how we can seek out one another and um, and ask for forgiveness because we know we're broken in a broken community and we know we're going to fall short at times and uh, I, I was really I was really grateful for the kids they seemed very dialed in and and uh, it was a there was a pretty sweet spirit there in in, in that assembly yeah and I, I'm had a chance to to speak to both the ninth and tenth grade chapel, and then again the eleventh and twelfth grade chapel yesterday. Um, and while the focus wasn't necessarily on rules uh, to lay out all the rules, but it was rather similar to what Jim was talking about—just an opportunity to talk about what does it look like to live in community. And part of that is we have these guidelines that that lead us, and some of those things are straight out of scripture. And there's the expectation as it as we interact together, as we do class, as we do sports, as we just spend time together, there are really clear things that God has called us to in terms of what those relationships ought to look like. Um, and then talking as well about the the fact that as any institution, we have to also set up guidelines that we think are going to be helpful in creating and maintaining a healthy environment for, for everyone involved. Um, 
tied that together with the fact that as a new principal, um, it, it's good that they get to know me, get to know my heart. Um, and so just talked about what that looked like for me as I grew up in, in Christian education and, and what it looks like for me now as a principal, as someone who's given the responsibility of helping to create, but also helping to maintain and enforce um, when we when we go outside of some of those guidelines. So talked about that not as a here are all the rules, make sure you check all the boxes, but in fact the very opposite, that um, that's not what what God has set any of his guidelines up for, right? Because no matter how many boxes we check, we're never going to check enough to be righteous. Um, but he sets those up because he invites us into a, a rich and a flourishing um, environment. We talked about Psalm 23, and the role of the shepherd is to continually lead his sheep into good places for them. Um, and it, it's not a matter of, um, I'm going to um, I'm going to do this simply because the rule is good, but because I know that the green pastures and the quiet waters are the best for you. And so I'm going to lead you there and put you in that, that environment. So again, we're going to have rules that come out of um, Scripture directly, and a lot are going to simply be an opportunity to say, okay, here's what we think is best. And so as a community, we're going to agree to, to walk in this way. Sarah, you have an opportunity to, to actually do this with high school student leaders. Um, what was kind of the theme or the overall or overarching um, kind of what focus area for high school student leaders for the year in that retreat? Yeah, we um, spent the day together on Saturday with <clears throat> 50 or 55 students. It was awesome. Um, the theme for the school year that they have chosen that – for the whole school is stronger together, um, really focusing on unity and how do we, um, as Jim said, live in community, lay down our lives for each other on a daily basis um, to make life sweet together. And um, we focused um, on Psalm 133, which says it is good and pleasant to dwell together in unity. And, And those words we just tried to amplify all day to talk about what what action can we take with our peers to build lives together that are truly good and pleasant? And um, I focus a lot of times in discipline when we're talking to students on we want your life at CCS to be safe and peaceful and joyful so that when you walk through the door, you know you belong, you know that you um, are safe to do the things God designed you to do and, and um, have a real true peace and joy in your heart. So we, we really honed in, and, and the kids discussed very richly, actually, what do we do to make life sweet for each other? And Chad, um, on Monday, we'll be meeting with students and kind of in a light and somewhat playful way, we'll be sharing with them kind of the expectations and the norms and the patterns and why we do what we do you know a practical example is our sixth graders tend to sprint across campus to begin the year because they're worried about being late to a class in another building and we we share with them that purposeful movement can get you there let's cut this way and uh and everything will be fine don't don't worry so much so we'll go through why we do what we do in a large you know school community uh, in a building, you know, that we share with a lot of people and, and patterns and times and how to do things. Uh, we'll do a lot of that on Monday during our Monday meeting, which is a community meeting. Yeah, and it's, it's um, 
I think it's really beautiful to think about uh, all of these things from an abundance mindset, right? What does it mean that, that God made us in his image? In almost every one of these podcasts, at some point, we talk about what it means to be an image bearer and how that shapes everything we do. That isn't, that isn't exclusively individual because God made us unique individuals to bear his image. He also calls us into community, uh, the people of God, to, to represent him in community as, as the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, lives in perfect community. We've been given opportunity uh, to live in that way. That's a beautiful thing. So, so we say to our individual students and to them as a group, we want you to be who you already are. Now, we also live in a fallen world, um, and that requires us to deal with the messy stuff that happens um, within community. And that, that means there's boundaries within which we have to live. It's not that Jim is saying to sixth grade students, hey, you're wrong in every case to sprint, right? That, <laughs> right. that is a, that's a boundary for a particular time and place that is in the best interest of that individual student at that moment, but it's also in the best interest of of the community uh, to keep people safe. But if, of course, if that student, that same student that might have a difficulty not sprinting through campus might be an extraordinary track athlete and we want them to sprint in those settings. So some of it is teaching them the wisdom of how to make those judgments going forward. So as you think about that in the context of, look, we have to address those issues when we step outside of those boundaries that we believe, again, Jake said, some of those come directly from scripture. Some of those are just the things we have to do within a community that deal with pragmatics and practical realities. How do we talk about those things individually? Let's talk about that now, maybe. When we come into situations where we have a student who steps outside of those places, what are we trying to do when we have those conversations? And, and then maybe even, y'all, what, what is the role of consequences within those conversations? So I'll by the way, this is one of those times where it starts to get, you start to be thinking when you're talking, I better make sure I say the right thing because this is going to be recorded forever. So uh, everybody's pointing their fingers. You can't see us, but everybody's pointing their fingers at everybody else for this answer. So Jim, I'm going to start with you because you're, you're the one that pointed your finger first. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I think, you know, uh, a lot depends on what issue we're addressing. And, um, and I think it's always important in the moment that I'm meeting with a student to share with them um, the importance or the purpose of whatever whatever policy or procedure has been you know stepped outside of and um, and have the student um, kind of understand why that policy or procedure is in place and um, and and so working through that with with them and uh, having them come to an understanding of how that impacted them but also others I think is is really important and you know I can say with with middle school students they're usually pretty soft-hearted and open to those types of discussions um, and in, in, in working through consequences relating consequences to what happened and making them as natural as possible is super, super helpful. Um, but not trying to shame the student or, you know, treat them in some way, acknowledging our brokenness, acknowledging that, that I'm right there with them. Um, and that I'm, I'm broken and, and fallen and I wrestle with, um, stepping outside of, of boundaries uh, myself all the time, I guess, looking in a mirror 
as we're having those discussions um, and, 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 and reaching for the heart. Um, really, um, that's where a student comes to understand those things and real change in those areas becomes evident. I think that's what's, that's what's important in those moments. Yeah, I would agree uh, with what Jim just said. And I think another important part of that and in, in explaining this is the why, um, having a humility there too. I, I think it's really easy to assume that um, an institution, a school, wherever we are, has rules just to arbitrarily assign a rule. Say, okay, well, we need a rule. Let's create one. Um, but when you have that opportunity with a student, when that, that conversation is happening, to actually give them the the reasoning behind this is why we have it. This is why we decided this was going to be the rule. Um, but there's a reason behind it, I think, is, is key, but also a humility to recognize there's also an arbitrariness to say we decided this was best, but... Again, Scripture doesn't lay that out perfectly for us. So if there's if there is a need to reassess that, um, I was reading one of my daughters. Uh, she's a sophomore. Reading one of the um, syllabi for her class last night, the teacher said, um, "I will never give you an assignment that doesn't have value in terms of your learning. You're never going to do busy work." And I just, as a as a father, as I'm reading that, and as principal, I'm just thinking, what a beautiful thing to invite the student into to know there's nothing that is that doesn't have intention and purpose. Um, and while it may feel that way to students sometimes, whether we're talking about dress code or whether we're talking about attendance issues or whatever policy we're talking about, it may feel arbitrary. I think it's important that as an institution, we are clear ourselves and also able to articulate every one of these things has purpose. And if it doesn't, we need to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, maybe we don't need to have this at all, or maybe it just needs to be reassessed. Yeah, I... Um think as parents we know there's plenty of occasions and and um, conversations where just do it um, comes to mind um, and that really isn't our um, way of speaking to our students however because we know it's a reality um, there is a tension I think we live in where yes just do it we'll walk alongside you but we also really do as as Jim and Jake just said we really do want to take every opportunity to walk through with you and help you see the reasonableness I guess you could call it of the the guidelines we've set before you we want you to embrace them not so we can control you but so that you can have increasingly in your heart the sweetness of what it's like to give a little, take a little as we walk together in community. Um, and it's, it's, it is very sweet to look, um, even this morning I had a conversation with a senior girl who has a plan today and I, um, for something she's going to work on and I realized she is thinking outside herself in a way I haven't seen her do that before. Um, and she you know, went on out of the office to her day and that's an incredible blessing to see that growth over four years um, in such in that particular way. Yeah, and, and and it's a it is an amazing thing to be able to see that type of development kind of unfold us before our eyes. We we the four of us often talk about that. It might be an individual student, it might be a class, it might be the culture of the school in general, where we see that develop and, and those things can happen in fits and starts, right? She may go out and have that plan and and it may not work. Uh, and then the opportunity even to be there to say, all right, what, what can we learn from this overall experience? 
one of the things that's been challenging um, over the last three years is how how often um, things get volatile and spin up really quickly. Uh, and some of that has to do with um, what's behind that thing, right? We, 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 we sit here and we say these rules or these boundaries, they're not arbitrary. There's some thoughtfulness goes behind each one of them. And they're important for a specific reason. What I hope you hear uh, today is our willingness, if you have, as a parent, question whether that's arbitrary or the application of it isn't arbitrary, um, we're here to actually have even those kind of conversations with you. Those are beautiful moments often when a parent calls us when there's some type of conflict with their child and says, well, why did this happen? And we're able to talk through those things with the parent and then home and school and child at least have an understanding of what's behind all of those things. One of the things that's complicated if we're going to talk about boundaries and rules is just um, dress, right? How do we, how do, how do we, how do we enter into a community where there's some requirements, appropriate requirements that there are things that are good and necessary to do at school regarding the things we can wear and the things we can't um, recognizing that uh, Jim said this earlier, so I'm going to steal his line. It's, it's a dress code rather than the dress code. So we're not suggesting that in all of life you have to do these types of things. So maybe we could talk about a little bit, you know, we have a, a uniform policy at CCS uh, there's there's a uniform dress policy that's a different model where uh, you're not required to be so tightly connected to an individual vendor to buy those clothes and then there's just a dress code that says you know here's what you can do here's what you can't do what's behind a uniform policy and why do we have that in place at ccs chad i i think that um and i've been here 18 years so i i was right in the middle of you know the the change from a dress code where you could wear, you know, anything within these guidelines to moving to Dennis uniform in the, in the dress code we have now. And at the time that that transition was made, it was becoming more and more complicated, more and more complex. And it was taking a lot of time and a lot of energy um, on the part of a lot of people to just try to figure out and keep up with what is in dress code and what isn't in dress code. And uh, I would say in the case of a dress code such as the one we have, it does simplify uh, things greatly. It kind of de-emphasizes the, the, the amount of energy or time or, or even the importance of what do I dress in today to, to fit in or, or, you know, what am I going to do? Um, and so many students have shared with me that they actually like um, a more simplified um, dress code. Um, and so I think it, you know, there are a lot of reasons for making a shift to uh, a dress code. But one of the things that I love is we have a lot of options within the dress code. So you're not, you know, blue shirt only, this short, this skirt. Yeah. There are a lot of options. Um, and, uh, and I, I, I like that within the boundaries that we've set with Dennis uh, in, in the uniform we have. It's um, as we look forward to the this year, we, we sent a communication home to families. Hopefully you got that and you read it that said within the broader, the big picture of our uniform policy, we're going to focus on uh, three 
kind of areas of emphasis. Uh, one of those is chapel dress. Now, we're not starting chapel dress until after fall break, so we're not going to spend a bunch of time talking on that one for this particular episode. Um, but the other two were related to outerwear, right? Um, it, it, is a, it, it is a little bit um, shocking sometimes when it's 95 degrees outside to see so many uh, students wearing hoodies when it's 95 degrees. But I realize that's the style in the moment. Um, so we have outerwear requirements and then we talk about short and skirt length requirements. So maybe some of you could jump in here. Again, this is where everybody's pointing their fingers at each other to say who's going to talk first. What's, what's the purpose of kind of the emphasis on, let's just focus on those two particular uh, issues of outerwear and short and skirt length? Yeah, I don't know that uh, as we look at the dress code, when we, when we say these are going to be our areas of focus, we're saying none of the other things matter, right? But what we are saying is these have been areas that have been particularly challenging to um, maintain, to make sure that are, are enforced um, equally across the board as best we're able to. Um, and the idea is to say, if we think this is healthy, one, we need to be willing to actually back that up with with saying, we're going to hold you accountable to this, right? We can't just say it's healthy, see that it's not happening, and, and turn and look the other way, right? So it's important that not only as administrators, but our teachers as well. So I've I've uh, met with our teachers in the high school, and I know uh, Jim has done this with the middle school as well, and just communicated. This is something that's not just happening at the front office. We want you to talk about this in your class as well. Expect students to walk into class in uniform. And those things in particular we've asked teachers to pay attention to, not because they're more important and more significant, but because they've been areas that have been challenging to uphold. And, and every time one student looks at another and says, well, they're out it's easy for them to think, well, then I, I don't have to either, right? And so you've got this continual tension in any community of um, I'm paying attention to I, but I also need to consider the we, right? So as, as we as a community begin to ask what are the things we need to focus on, these came to kind of the, the top of the list of these are areas that we can address as a community, we can respond to, um, and also need to because they're where we're seeing the greatest degree of pushback. And, and that is, I think, the nature of all of us is to say, oh, this is where you've drawn the line. Let me go a little bit further. I know that's my nature as I look at rules. Um, I think most of us do. And so as a community, we've said th this is where we're going to spend a little time focusing. Our teachers are, are going to be addressing it in classrooms. We're going to be addressing it. Um, and again, inviting into what we think is a, a healthy um, parameter and structure. So when we talk about shorts length or skirt length or outerwear, um, Again, it's not that five inches is morally better than than seven inches, right? It's the idea of we've we've established this line. We're going to ask you to hold to that because we think that this actually points us to what we're here to do. It's a it's a intentionality in terms of um, the purpose, not only of the dress code as a whole, but of the decisions that we've made to say this is an academic environment. We want to be taking it seriously. We want to, that to be reflected in the way that we present ourselves. So you go in a different environment and your dress code is going to be totally different because your purpose is different, right? But these are the, the lines that we've set because we think that it helps all of us to point in that direction. So when we have those conversations, they're not always easy, but I think we can come back to the fact that we are deciding this as a, as a community together and we're going to, to move forward in that um, and inviting students into that to remind them you are here as a part of a community. Yeah, Jake, um, the other day, I appreciated when you told the student leaders about, you used the analogy of 
um, a speed limit, that it's not exactly the time to debate should it be 55, should it be 60, should it be 65. It is. Mm. And, and there was somebody at some point, some traffic engineer who decided that was a good speed limit. Um, and for you to work within it, we just sort of accept that, yeah, it's probably wise to work within it. There's, there's probably some background. And that requires so much humility. Mm-hmm. Um, with, um, a particularly strong-minded individual myself. And, yeah, just even being told it's 55, well, it probably means 60 to me. Um, but I appreciated your conclusion of that matter, Jake, because you said um, I can look at it, I can choose what speed I will go, but my decision is on me. It's not on the guy who who made the speed limit um, at that point. Maybe mm-hmm. you can challenge it another time and um, become a traffic lawmaker. But at this point, um, you must work within it. And it's hard for all of us. And I appreciated that. you, Jake not only told the kids that, but, of course, their first question was, have you ever had a ticket? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that also points to the larger picture of part of the context of the boundaries that we have in a school community uh, are the things that keep a community healthy and safe. Um, sometimes those boundaries can also, we can play those forward and say, look, the more we learn to recognize that there are going to be lots of things in life where there's a rule or a boundary um, that in many ways we're just called to, to submit to, um, and, and I don't mean submission in any kind of negative way. Um, you know, Jesus submitted to uh, the call of the Father to condescend to earth. That's a good thing that we celebrate. So submission can be a really good thing. Um, but it, it is helpful to learn to do those things in less consequential things uh, than in some of the more consequential things that we face in life. And sometimes wearing a CCS-branded outerwear uh, seems very inconsequential. Like, why in the world uh, can't I wear uh, my college sweatshirt because I just committed to a college? Or we had a great trip um, to Yosemite National Park, and I want to wear that sweatshirt. Um, again, we, we've, we've made the boundary for reasons that fit within a community. But, but there's also then the practical aspects of how do we deal with that when it happens. So maybe, Jim... Um, you could talk through if if you're dealing with someone who has an outerwear um, issue that's outside of that boundary, how typically would you approach a student with that? Um, you know, usually if I if I you know see it, I'm just going to ask them if they understand the policy or what's expected. Um, <clears throat> that one's usually a yes. That's a pretty easy one. Um, and then I'll I'll just ask you know why are you why are you wearing that one? Um, and, you know, usually the answer is, you know, my other one's getting washed or it's this or that. And uh, and I'll just talk talk through why we have, you know, that particular policy. Um, I'll work with them on on uh, temperatures in classrooms and things because it, it, it is a pretty reasonable and, and easy one to follow. Um, where, where it becomes more challenging is when the sweatshirt shows up two days later and then the, then the, then the week later. And then it's just kind of a pattern, kind of an ongoing pattern. And then it really doesn't, it's not about dress code anymore. It's about 
being cooperative with those known and reasonable expectations. Um, and and it's, it, it, at times that can kind of flow into other areas of student life. And, and we're really then talking about s- submitting to whatever those things are, um, sacrificing, you know, I can sacrifice if we have a, a teacher administrator dress code. It's no sacrifice for me to wear the nice polo, the the short sleeve polo, in 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 my pants. I could do that all day. But if I have to wear a button up and a tie, I sweat profusely all day. That's a real sacrifice. I'm going to do it, and and I understand why I should do it. Um, but it is going to be a real sacrifice to me. So working with the students say, Hey, I, I understand you love the Louisville Cardinals and you love that sweatshirt. And there'll be times and places that you can wear it. It's just not in the classroom during the school day. Um, and just trying to kind of get to a place of, of understanding and, and approaching it just as a, it's just kind of a simple daily matter. Yeah. One of the things that I, um, I mentioned students and I've talked to teachers as well as in terms of discipline I think as whether it's as parents or teachers or in any environment the amount of discipline should be proportional to what is necessary to kind of drive us back to what is right and good so it's important to know if we've got a dress code violation with a student we're not jumping you know uh, to the top of the list because that just doesn't make sense it's not necessary right so we're having a conversation with that student expecting them to get back into dress code Um, And then, like Jim said, we're looking to see, okay, does this become a repeated pattern? One of the ways that we know if it's a repeated pattern, and this can be challenging sometimes because classrooms can be very isolated, rooms can be isolated, teachers may not know what's going on from place to place, is I've asked uh, the high school teachers to be um, putting in an infraction for a student, right? So that not because this in and of itself is a significant event, right, but so that we can know, is there more going on here than just a student who chose to be out of dress? So that student, you know, is aware that that was um, sent home. The teacher's going to talk to the student. Parent's going to be aware. And then we in the administrative office are aware as well. And so we can see, okay, is this the student's first or is it their 17th reminder? Um, And that's when, obviously, we're having a very different conversation because it's no longer about having your shorts rolled up or your skirt rolled up or your, your wrong sweatshirt on. At that point, like Jim said, we're talking about uh, a willing um, defiance of this is what we've talked about. We've had these conversations. Uh, a low level of discipline is hasn't been significant, and so we're talking about what needs to happen next so that we can we can move you back to what's good and right. Yeah, and I think dealing with a, a outerwear um, miscue is is in some ways, at least for me, feels way less complicated in this particular culture and climate and day than dealing with short and skirt length. Um, I will say, um, not that long ago, I was looking at an old high school yearbook. I graduated from high school in 1985, and I was looking at my team basketball picture. Uh, and next to that one, there was one of me dribbling a ball down the court. And I'm like, wow, those shorts wouldn't fly anywhere within the dress code of CCS today, or, or for that matter, any other school that I know of. Um, and, and again, I, I think Jake mentioned this earlier, it wasn't that that was morally more wrong than a skirt length or a short length today. 
the the reality is there there has to be a boundary somewhere and again going back to it's not the dress code it's a dress code for this particular place we we are dealing with um both male and female um about the length of their shorts and the lengths of their skirts now what is that and what isn't it right so maybe we could talk about that for a minute as we kind of wrap this up i think what it is and you guys can extrapolate on this is this is where the boundary is in the same way that there's a boundary for outerwear this is what the boundary is five inches no more than five inches above the back of the knee what it and that's what it is and it's it's really that simple right it, it isn't something about modesty or the motive and intent of the student that's not where where we're going or where we're thinking but that can get messy and complicated as we're addressing those things so again without pointing your fingers at the other person how do we navigate that tension yeah i'm i'm, I'm happy to go first on on this one um it it really isn't in it in it and modesty or appropriateness really is not a part of the conversations that we're having with students boys or girls shorts or skirts um, it's really kind of driving back to the to the dress code it does become complicated um, when and and you know I just speak from my own experience um, the the majority of contacts that I have with student dress code as it pertains to length um, are typically as a result of rolling it, it it's almost probably five to one um, where it is a rolling issue um, and in in those cases again we're just driving back to this is a dress code um, it's a reasonable one and we're asking you to be in it um, and uh, as we move forward the continued pattern becomes more of of the issue um so i think you know emphasizing a dress a dress code it's reasonable and good and we can all do it i think is is the place where i'm landing in all of those discussions so many places um in life my own children are in their 30s now and it's interesting to watch how many areas of their lives they have to decide to embrace um, what their various communities are asking of them, especially in the workplace. Um, they either have to embrace it or chafe against it. But, um, of course, as they mature, um, they haven't become just yes people, but they have become people as as most adults do where you just realize okay i agreed to work here i agreed to join this i agreed to be a part of this whatever it is a team uh, whatever um which means that i will also um join in with the parameters they've set before me and i think um, i think chad said this earlier it's an awesome time for them just to be learning that practice not just to be, not just to give in, although that's a really good practice also for stubborn people like myself, but um, also to become a beautiful piece of the puzzle of that community. Yeah, and I would, I would echo uh, Jim and Sarah what you just said. The idea being 
we're not talking here about uh, a, a deep moral issue of, mm-hmm. of what your dress reflects. And I think that's one of the challenges sometimes, is it, particularly in terms of skirt length or short length, it can become a sense of judgment of my character and who I am, even just beginning to have that conversation. Um, and uh, I think I can speak for all of us. That's, that's not going on when we're having the conversation, right? One of the roles... Uh, one of the responsibilities of our role as an administrator is to say, okay, if this is the guideline, whether I had anything to do with writing it or putting it together or not, is is to uphold those within our community. And so that conversation in its simplest form is, you're not in line with the guidelines and I need you to get there. Um, And whether that is, I need you to fix your skirt or your shorts right now, or I need to make sure that we're working with your parents so that we have what we need. It's still a, you're out of guideline. We can have a longer conversation outside of that moment, whether that guideline needs to be changed. And I think if we looked at the history of, of CCS or any other school with a long history, there are changes over time as we assess, okay, where should our guidelines be now as we experience shifts in culture and so forth. But in that moment, it's simply a, here's the guideline, you're not meeting it, I'm going to ask you to do it. And that would be the same conversation that we'd have male or female or even student or faculty, right? If we've got a faculty, if somebody's choosing, you know, I, I am not going to dress according to what the guidelines are. Well, then it comes back to here's our guideline. I'm, I'm going to ask you to be in it. And it, it is in some sense that simple. It never feels that simple. But I think the more we can keep our conversation focused on that and focused on the fact that as a community, this is something we're doing together. That's a key piece. Yeah, and the the complicated part of doing life together in a community is all all throughout that process of having to have harder conversations because it can be a hard conversation to have with an administrator to a student about about following the dress requirements at CCS. Those can be hard conversations. There are times that we're always, right, that every one of us is likely to step into it potentially an an error in some particular way. Students aren't more likely uh, to err in those complicated conversations than adults are. And, and, And part of the redeeming grace of God is being able to give the benefit of the doubt, right, in that scenario on on all levels, right? That means we need to call ourselves to forever being giving the benefit of the doubt um, as we engage students. Um, as we process patterns, but we we also have to say, right? These are the these are the boundaries and rules that we put in place for this environment. It's to the community's best interest and yours uh, to stay within these scenarios. Um, but when the when the reality hits, right, and particularly when there's a consequence, um, this is hard. So I, I'd ask that we we pray for each other in this because. Um, walking that line to say this is this is really about where the the line has been established. It's not about these other things. It's not a judgment about about modesty or about intent or motive. It isn't those things. That that's hard to do, and the optics can often be different than what's actually happening or what's in the heart. So pray for each other as we walk through that. Um, that we can we can be de-escalated in our sense of kind of going to a more heightened state and, and that we can walk through this in ways that are healthy and appropriate and, and acknowledging y'all that, that, that Jim and Sarah and Jake uh, and other administrators and teachers have a very difficult job in this regard. But we do think these things matter again, not more than anything else within our community. We, we don't spend the majority of our time 
um, dealing with these types of things. We, we get to spend the majority of our time in the really good and deeply meaningful parts of engaging students and discipling them. That's where we spend the majority of our time. We're not looking, right, any of us, to, to try to find trouble. We're dealing with what's presented to us uh, as it comes. So I want to thank you for taking the time uh, to listen. Again, Jim in middle school and Sarah and Jake in high school, we, we want to hear from you. Um, and and whatever level of, of discomfort you may hear in us as we talk about these things, I, I want you to know there's some of that that is present every day because we want to do this right because it's really a privilege uh, to serve uh, you and your children. Um, and we treasure the opportunities that we have to see growth and development. And these are some of the areas that we get the opportunity to do that. So thanks for, for spending a few minutes with us on this podcast. Again, we want you to see behind the scenes of the things we do at CCS. That was the intent today. Hopefully that's been helpful. If you have further questions, again, don't, don't hesitate to follow up and talk to Jake, Sarah, or Jim. Thanks a bunch. Have a good day. Mm-hmm.